We are also brought to you guys by Monarch Social. Now, Monarch Social isn't just another social media marketing company because they're going to take care of you on all your digital marketing fronts from SEO to beautifully designed websites to custom videography. And if you want to know more about that, you got to check out the video they did for me uh, on the Thinking Project Facebook group um, because it was absolutely phenomenal. They absolutely killed it. Morgan and his team take really good care of you. They walk you through every step of the process and the communication is on point. So if you need a custom video, a beautifully designed website, if you need uh, custom social media ad campaigns, Monarch Socials, where it's at. They also have a podcast they release every Friday where they bring you a ton of value. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com, or you can find them wherever uh, you're on social media because they're probably there too. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com and get your digital marketing rolling. Okay, guys, we're also brought to you by Hepius. Hepius is your number one place to go for premium CBD products that won't break the bank. And I promise you guys that if you check these out, you won't be disappointed. They've got something for everybody. It's THC free, which means it comes with a work safe guarantee. Whether you need a roll on for your muscles and your joints, you need a sleep aid to get your day ending right, or you need uh, their number two that get your day started right. Uh, they got something for everybody. They're quality, uh, lab tested, third-party tested. It's all good. Go check them out, hepiusmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com, and tell them that The Thinking Project sent you. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to The Thinking Project again. Uh, today, I had the pleasure of interviewing David Burham, who is a previous coworker of mine, but now is on to bigger and better and more important things in his life. Uh, we got to talk today about uh, uh, his new Instagram page, The School Counselor. So go follow him on Instagram. Uh, he's a licensed school counselor and a certified behavior specialist. So this is a great one for all you parents out there who uh, want to know how to talk better with your kids, how to get them to listen, how to understand, how to get empathy, uh, because that's something we can all use. So this one was a great one. I got to sit down with him, uh, master's in educational counseling, bachelor's in marriage and family studies. I mean, this guy has it all and is doing it all. So uh, without further ado, please welcome David Burham and enjoy. Welcome, everybody. This is Dalton Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. I do have big overhands, man. <laughs> That's great, dude. Hey, you know who I saw the other day? Only, and I don't really care if I say their name, because there's no way they hear this. Uh, I saw, I was looking on Instagram, and I saw on my request, like recommended friends, Troy came up, buddy. Oh, Troy. <laughs> yeah. Here, stand a little closer to that mic. Look at that. Yeah. Troy, Troy came up. <laughs> so Troy <laughs> Bolton of the dealership. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. He I, was crazy. I miss Troy. I, I miss Troy as well. He was. Uh, you never know if he was going to be. Super Slammed. hungover. <laughs> no, 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 not or, you're right. Not hungover. Still drunk. <laughs> I mean, he's he didn't yeah. stop. <laughs> he was like, drunk. Uh, I loved his group, his drunk group uh, text. Oh, he called me several times. Did he? Really? And left me messages of love at like three a.m. in the morning. I'd wake serious? up with a voicemail, and he'd be like, David, I just want to say, uh. I appreciate you. Oh, and my I love gosh. you, man. Call me back. Are you serious? <laughs> I would never call him back. Right. right. I get it six hours <laughs> later, but. 
Dude, those guys partied like nobody's business. He man. still parties like nobody's business. Have you? Do, I've, do you I, talk to him? Uh huh. I have him on Instagram and Facebook. Well, and does I he have see- a different Instagram? Because the um, one I saw, he didn't post. He hasn't posted since like 2013. Oh, I don't know. But maybe he's just me. He's an avid Facebook user. Is he really? Yeah. And he, I don't know where he lives or what he does or how he stays alive. How he stays alive, (laughs) dude. Yeah, I don't either, man. I I left Honda probably um, maybe eight or nine months after you did. Mm -hmm. You left in the... I left in July or August. August. I left in August. Oh, okay. So I probably left, I left in 2020. I left in like, I probably left about a year after you left mm-hmm. then. Uh, Cause that place was just going downhill. Yeah. It was going downhill fast. <laughs> fast. <laughs> Who was your last general manager? It was manager? high speed downhill. Um, well, Jaron had left and then... It was when everyone got moved over pretty much from Toyota to performance. And oh, it was like Cam and all those Cam. guys? It was okay. Cam. He was I like him. Yeah. That was sad. That whole the, thing was sad. That was a good team. We had a party there for a while. Yeah. We were doing good. <laughs> and then there was Troy. <laughs> and then there was Troy, dude. That guy was amazing. I don't care what anybody says. I love Troy. I do too. He would roll in and I'd be like, yes, something to talk about and watch today. (laughs) That's, it's so true, dude. Uh, Yeah, that was great. But um, I actually interviewed another guy. I had him on my podcast the other day, Brett, and he left the car business just like we did. Uh So I'm not in the car business anymore. You're not. You're no longer there. The veteran. The veteran's out. Yeah, that was, it was. I just, yeah, it just wasn't good, man. Do you feel like your heart's still there? No, no, I gave it. I left everything. I left everything in Honda. I'm done. (laughs) And and Nissan, dude, uh, for sure. Try this cider, man. I've tried the last three bottles and they're all the same. They're really good. I think because we're drinking it out of a Kanye cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes better. Is somebody going to come? Do you like that cup? That's my favorite cup. Humble with the hint of Kanye. Is that you? Does that describe who you are as a person? Um, I think leave out the humble part. <laughs> You're all Kanye. I'm all. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I mean, is Kanye. Maybe on Sundays you can throw in the humble. But right. mostly, mostly all Kanye. I actually <laughs> talked to Kanye and he's like, hey. You're more Kanye than me. <laughs> Kanye. And I'm like, I know. It's embarrassing. <laughs> dude. Dude. When are you going to go to Wise Guys and do stand-up? Um, I want to because I have a lot of stories. You should. I have a lot of stories. It's fantastic. Real life stories. <laughs> of Unfortunately, they all involve me being a terrible pet owner. <laughs> and Did you guys get a quarantine pet? We no, we didn't get a quarantine pet because I learned my lesson to never have a pet again. <laughs> I've probably tried my hand at four different pets, and they all died really very, very tragic deaths. <laughs> Are you kidding? And not like, not like be maliciously, not because yeah. of something yeah, yeah, we yeah. did, just because yeah. of the circumstances of what happened that day. Like, and oh, we always named geez. our we always named our pets after like food. I don't know why, but that was a bad, that was a bad, that was a bad thing to go by. Thing to do. Yeah. Because every pet that we had, that was named after food. 
died horribly. <laughs> and like for for example, our dog Cupcake. All right. He was a tiny, he was a tiny, like a tiny little, tiny little chihuahua looking rat dog, right? Mm, One of those yeah, rat dogs. Yeah. You don't know really what they are, but right, they just right. call him a rat dog. <laughs> and he was a tiny little dog and I was playing in my sandbox in the back. And this was when you were a kid growing up? Yeah, in okay. Oklahoma, I was in Oklahoma, right by the storm cellar. And when I say sandbox, it's more like a pile of dirt because, yeah, yeah. you know, I just called it my sandbox. <laughs> and so I was just digging in the dirt and I see my little cupcake dog come around the side of the house. And you know, when you look at a dog and it's eyes that light up and yeah. then you light up and you're like, come here, cupcake. And the dog gets all jumpy and wild and <laughs> wags his tail. Yeah. Well, that, that was the moment that was happening. And I was like, come here, Cupcake. And as soon as Cupcake started running towards me, this big old Doberman pincer dog, like huge dog, totally wasted. This dog was drunk. <laughs> and it came around the corner of the house and grabbed my dog by the neck and started shaking it and rolling Are on the ground. Are you serious? So backstory... Our neighbor's catty corner <laughs> from us, terrible. they had the cops called on them so many times. Yeah. And to the point where, like, it was weird if a week went by that there weren't cops called on them. And okay. they would, they had all these animals and they would drink and they would put alcohol in their dog's bowls and things like that. Are you serious? Yeah, they were terrible. Oh my God. And this dog was totally drunk. And <laughs> it grabbed my little dog and started shaking it by the neck. And I'm just over here in my sandbox, right? <laughs> I'm watching this whole thing go How down. How old were you? Probably six. Are you kidding me? And uh, I'm seeing this thing go down. And my my helpless oh little my rat gosh. dog's like dangling. <laughs> and so I run inside. And my sister's the only one home. She came That's back from terrible. college. I'm like, Kimberly, come, come quick. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And she goes out and she sees what's happening. And then she runs back inside and comes back out with a bat. <clears throat> oh and my gosh. she runs towards this dog and the dog lets my little dog go and runs in the alley. Okay. And she's like, David, go inside and get a towel. And so I go inside and I'm looking at, I run inside and I open the closet door where the towels are. And I'm looking at these towels and I'm thinking, I can't use that towel. My mom would be mad. I can't use that towel. My mom would be mad. And so I finally get, you know, the one green bleached towel yeah, with yeah, the yeah. hole in it. Yeah. And I'm like, perfect. So I run back in the back, in the backyard and we, re we taco this dog up in this blanket and she's like, go get the keys and get in the car. So I run inside, I get the keys and I'm sitting in the back seat of this big boat car we had, okay. like the bench seat in the back and the two bucket seats. And it was like 80 foot long car. We called it the boat. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back in between the two seats, just like looking at the dog. She puts the dog on the passenger's front seat and we start hauling it to the vet. And we've been to the vet so many times just because <laughs> of instances of our dogs. Right. And so we're... We're, we're driving and she's hauling it in this big boat car. Yeah. And she didn't notice that there's a stop sign. And she slams on the brake. And as she slams on the brake, everyone stops except the dog. <laughs> and the dog's like, bam, on the dashboard and falls to the ground. That's a 
And we just, what is happening in the store? We just, we just stop <laughs> and we look at the dog on the ground and we look at each other. And I was like, Kimberly, cupcake's dead, huh? She's like, yeah, David, cupcake's what, this dead. Is, this happened when you were six? Yeah. What a terrible way. <laughs> That's the most traumatizing thing yeah. you, a six year old could. So I don't even remember if we made it to the vet, but we went home, buried the dog in a shoebox, an Adidas shoebox. <coughs> really? Yep, Adidas. And then I threw some rose petals on it, and that was it. That was it. That was it. That was your last dog or your first dog? <laughs> that was one of the dogs. And then there was a terrible hamster story, but everything, like, we're, I, I can't own pets. Yeah, you can't do it. I can raise kids, can't own pets. <laughs> That's, that's terrible. My wife and I got, um, a quarantine dog, but, um, in the HOA we live in, you can only have like the limit is like 30 or 50 pounds or uh -huh. something like that. And so I'm looking on KSL and I find this mini Australian shepherd. Ooh, It was a beautiful dog. Like when we named it Gus and it was so cute and we trained it and everything. <clears throat> and I didn't realize how quickly dogs grew. Like those, they get big fast, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like four or five months we have this dog and um, I like, this was not a mini Australian Shepherd. This was a full Australian Shepherd. And so this dog is like 70 pounds, 60 or 70 pounds. And he's, and I'm like, and he, and he's a, so those are like sheep dogs. Those are farm dogs. Mm -hmm. And so he's like running from the back door to all the way to the front of my house. Like, and just keeps running back and forth. Cause he just has so much energy. And uh -huh. I'm like, dude, I, we can't keep this dog here. He's way too big. He's got way too much energy. So uh, we sent him to a farm in Idaho and that's not uh that's not code. My brother or my cousin actually owns a farm. <laughs> we sent them to a farm in yeah, Idaho. Yeah, yeah, we told the kids. Uh, <laughs> Gus went to a farm in Idaho. <laughs> like they're like, oh my gosh, what did you do to that dog? <laughs> I was like, no, literally, my cousin. We sent them to a farm in heaven. <laughs> In Idaho. That's crazy, dude. So that's what you would tell your your joke on a wise guys. Right. So pretty much what you did was you gave a dog a home and then you abandoned it. You just, you adopted a dog. Yeah. And then you're like, actually. I didn't even adopt that dog. We actually paid money for it <laughs> as a puppy. And I was like, I was like, we can't do it. So we actually, then we gave it away to my cousin. I'm sure it's much more happy in the it really, farm in Idaho. It really is. Yeah. That's my favorite joke, dude. It's like, <laughs> this is a farm. In Idaho, dude. And uh, so let me talk. Let's talk about what you have going on, though, dude. You have um, your really cool Instagram page going on. The school counselor. The school counselor. Where did that idea come from? Um, so I was um, a behavioral specialist for a long time in the Utah Youth Village. So I was. Okay. It's, a, it's an organization that works with a whole bunch of like kids, teenagers that need extra help, like mostly the juvenile system stuff. Okay. And so I worked with a bunch of juvenile um, kids ages from like eight to 18, but mostly like 15, 16 age range. And yeah. I would just go into their house like eight hours a week, working with four different families at a time. And we would just learn behavior skills and we would practice it. And I'd be there like in the thick of things. I was on call 24 seven. Wow. And so, yeah, sometimes I get called at like two in the morning to go because this kid was freaking out and throwing stuff. And so 
what would happen is that I would get there and I would walk the parents through of how to deescalate the situation yeah, like using yeah. the behavior skills. And that, yeah. and then I did that for about two years. And then I started going back to school cause I wanted to get my master's and I wanted a little bit of a break, but I still wanted to do stuff in counseling. So I wanted to do school counseling Yeah. and school counseling. You do a lot with social, emotional stuff, behavior, as well as the academic side of things. And, but now that I'm a school counselor, I had all this like behavioral stuff still in my head and I do it a lot with the students I work with and it's just techniques for parents and children. And yeah, so yeah. that's pretty much what the Instagram page is, is just helping parents with tips and tricks on like dealing with consequences or dealing with yeah, yeah. behavioral issues or just uh, like, for example, something super simple. And usually parent things are super simple, but in the moment we just don't think of them. Yeah, like dude. Something yeah. like eye contact is one of the biggest things you can do as a parent is just give eye contact to a kid. And kids usually need between five and seven seconds to process something. And when you ask them to do something and they don't do it, and then you ask again and again and again, and then they get in trouble, it's better to like get down on the ground, give them eye contact, ask them to do something, wait five to seven seconds. And usually they'll like, Oh, okay. Or, or they will, or if you count to like, you know, usually people do one, two, three type thing, like one, two, yeah, you know, go clean your room one, two. And, but if you're down there on eye contact and you give them eye contact and you say, Hey, I want you to go clean your room and I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want you already in your room. And when you take the time to do that type of thing, it just simple, just simple things like that, that we don't think about, especially yeah. when parents are like in a rush. But Oh yeah. 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 <clears throat> I definitely understand that. Cause I, I get really frustrated really quick and I actually follow your page. I love your page, dude, because it, it just has a lot of good advice on there. What's the, what's the page? So it's the, the dot school counselor, the dot school dot counselor. <laughs> and you're going to get advice and my face on there every yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> did you, I did. When I saw that, I was like, it would not be David's page if his face wasn't in a cloud. <laughs> right. <laughs> With I like just, something very knowledgeable coming out. But I know you mm-hmm. as like, we first met as a really funny guy. And so now I'm like, this is great. I don't know if I'm looking at a comedy page or, <laughs> you know, that kidding. was, that was the goal. <laughs> like, should I like be taking this stuff seriously or. Right. But it's fun. It's fun to do, especially when I have like ideas in my head and I'm like, man, that could be good. And it also helps me remember. Yeah. Cause sometimes like as a parent, yourself. yeah, sometimes I'm yelling at a kid <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh wait, I'm not doing any of this crap. So yeah. I, then I'm like, I stop, I get down, I do eye contact. Yeah. And even that moment of just like taking a breath and getting down on your knee yeah, to give eye contact to a kid can change the dynamic of the whole conversation Yeah, because even, even like height difference can affect the dynamic of a conversation between a parent and child because I mean, obviously the parent who's taller has the dominance physically over the child. And so that's the automatic, automatic dynamic of the relationship. And it's so much easier for a parent to 
begin to yell or begin to be not condescending, but like use that parental tone. That's how it feels. Right. And when there's that height difference, but if you take a breath and take the time to get dead on your knee to give eye contact, like it just changes dynamic to you're talking to another human being rather than a parent talking to a kid. Yeah. You can feel that. But and it, it's a, it's that mutual respect. And every time I've done it, it works. Yeah. Every time. And that's great. Just because kids like to be, kids like to be included. Kids like to be on the same level. Yeah. And when they feel like that, when they're younger, then they'll want to feel like that when they're older. And so, especially fathers and daughters type thing, if yeah. you're talking to your daughter with respect, then on a mutual level, even though you are the parent still and she's still the daughter, she's going to expect that type of thing from guys in her life throughout her life. Oh yeah. To so, like be respectful and, right. and, and not take, not take no shit. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we, and yeah. And, and the thing about that these days is that like women have to be like way, way strong and like way independent because yeah. I, I work in a high school and the language and the way that kids talk is like almost shocking. Like I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was bad when I went to high school, Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's way bad. Like it's pretty, it's pretty gnarly in high schools now. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. Super gnarly. And <laughs> that's terrible. And just the way, <laughs> just scary, the way, bro. I mean, I've, I've heard, I've seen, I've had kids come to my office because they felt that they were racially profiled and no kidding. Mm-hmm, and wow. because of how people were talking to them and all that type of stuff. And, and I mean, it's, I mean, I, for me, swearing doesn't bother me yeah. at all. Yeah. But when I hear it like six or seven times in a sentence, yeah, that's, that's when I'm good. like, okay, yeah. that's when you just become like, it's you, not funny anymore. It, it yeah. goes from funny to just dumb. Right. Yeah. 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 And there's not, a, there's a fine line right. <laughs> with, with how much you can swear right. in a single sentence. For <laughs> right. sure. I get it. And just, just, it feels like because some of, of these kids don't know how to swear yet. Right. Super desensitized <laughs> because everything yeah, is a swear word. Everything is a swear word. That's crazy, bro. What do you think is contributing to some of this stuff as, as far as like, uh, yeah. Cause like, like you said, like when I, I grew up, um, I felt like it was pretty, you know, I, I don't feel like it certainly changed, but if, but if you're saying it got worse, like it doesn't surprise me, that's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, I would, I would have figured that as like, as a society, as we get, um, like further away from, um, some, some of the values that people have. And then like when, uh, I, th- I think that like school was always a, like, um, I always felt like I had a on and off switch. Right. Like I turned on a switch when I got home and right. then I turned off a switch when I went to school. Right. And, um, and I don't know why I, I did that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it might be because of just the dynamic that you had at school with your friends and at home with your parents. You, Probably. You just expected different things to happen in certain situations. Yeah. But cause I remember doing the same thing. Like yeah. you just had a switch. You just turned it off. Right. Yeah. And 
because I would be listening to some crazy hardcore screamo music with my friends in the car. <laughs> and then when I'd get home, I would be listening to less hardcore, crazy less hardcore, music. crazy music. And when I did, oh like everything that I expected to happen did happen. My parents were like, are you okay? Are you, are you, are you, oh. right? are you going through some stuff? Yeah. Because you were listening to that right. music. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, <laughs> I just like that music. And so I just, I stopped listening to that type of music in my house because I wanted to avoid those types of questions. Like, are you okay? Are you mm. feeling all right? Yeah. Um, do we need counseling? You know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, what, so how, as, as now that you're in the position you are, how do you approach those conversations? Do you just like, do you just let them listen to music? Yeah. When I was, so the main part about counseling is finding common ground. Okay. And having that bridge be opened so that communication can happen. And the first step for a lot of students is music. And so yeah. I, when yeah. a student comes in, I usually say, hey, what kind of music do you listen to? And they say a song and I'm like, oh, I haven't heard of that. So I look it up on YouTube real quick uh-huh. and we listen to it. And I did the same thing with working with youth in the juvenile system. They'd get in my car and we'd go like to McDonald's or something and... I'd be like, so what kind of music do you listen to? And they'd be like, are you sure you want to listen to my music? And I'd get them the aux cord and they'd plug in their phones and they would just play their music. And I listened to some of the most dank, a nasty rap <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. And I'm in this little, I don't know if dank and nasty are going the same. <laughs> dank, a nasty rap music. Okay. And, and I'm in my little Chevy Cavalier, right? <laughs> In, I remember that car. In a, what? In because didn't I you was, have that car when you came to Honda? I did. I yeah. think you did. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I was gonna say. And we had this rap music <laughs> blasting, and it was like, I mean, it was nasty. Yeah. Nasty yeah. rap. Some of them get bad. Some but of them gets really bad. But I didn't. But I didn't really care because that kid now felt comfortable with me, and as he was listening to his own music, he was way more open and telling me what was really going on. Oh yes. And yes. so. And it was, and so that was good. So that was like an automatic way to build rapport. Yeah. Like rapport is huge. Right, right. I'm looking for a video. I saw this. Do you remember Colin and Jared? Uh Uh-huh. They had this video and I don't know. I thought I was pretty sure I saved it, but I might not have saved it. And that was the thing. Like this kid was listening to a really, like a pretty heavy screamo song that I thought was actually great. And the mom was like, hey, go take care of your son. And the dad goes in there and he's like... Keep rocking, dude. <laughs> and uh, that was great. But yeah, I mean, music's a great way for kids to open up. I feel like that's, um, I feel like that's pretty natural for them. It's mm-hmm. pretty like primal. Right. Like music. Right. And it, you can totally tell, like, even by how they dress, what kind of music they listen to. And yeah, for they, sure. they usually say, don't judge me on how I dress, but it's super easy to judge people on how they dress, especially <laughs> if they're high school, high school students. <laughs> you know, because they, yeah, just, you know. they just wear whatever they're feeling yeah. on the outside. Yeah. And, like this girl comes in and she's wearing, I don't know, upside down crosses and all that type of stuff. Oh, and she, yeah. I can already tell what type, what type of music she listens to. And, <laughs> and I'm like, so what kind of music do you listen to? And she tells me, and I'm like, yeah, I knew, I knew that already. <laughs> Made sense. And, and then like, you always know who's listening to Post Malone. <laughs> <But like, laughs> By like like what they're wearing and what they say and, and, and how they 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 talk. Uh-huh. Is it like um, is it like uh, a- April's brother on Parks and Rec? Oh, What's his name? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember his name. I don't remember his but name. But yes, 
That's great, dude. I but love Post Malone. I do too. I like I love the, Post Malone. I like well, I like one song from Post Malone. I like the songs like- I like the song Psycho. From Post okay, Malone. but how many songs by Post Malone have you heard, though? I've heard a lot. I have them on Spotify. I follow. I follow them on the Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um, I mean, I, I just think, I just think the the beat of Psycho is the best one. Have you heard him do country? Did you hear him do that? Those country remi- remakes? I, no, I haven't. Dude, I haven't heard that. Those are great. That's you gotta look. You gotta look at it. He, uh, but I mean, he does a true Post Malone song. Um, what song did he do? Let me look it up, dude. While you're doing this, because uh, it, it was YouTube. Um, he did a true. It was like a when I like. You'll hear it. You're gonna move to Missouri. You'll hear this song. I'll hear it because um, I'm gonna miss her. Have you ever heard this song? Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going fishing uh-huh. <laughs> and he actually kills this. He Does actually he really? freaking kill it. Do you want to hear a little bit yeah. of it? All right. Here. Oh, this is. Hey a- guys, oh. it's Posty and very grateful and very happy to be a part of this. And I want to say thank you to Matt and everybody who's involved. We've got a couple great musicians and we're just here to play some of my favorite uh, country-esque tunes. <laughs> So, Post Malone loves Bud Light. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All he Thank has you guys is like the official sponsor of Bud Light. <laughs> he really is, dude. But uh, let's get to the point. Hold on. Let's get to the point when he... Let me see. When he starts singing... He's got a good country okay, voice. Okay, Posty Maloney. <laughs> there you go. I love her, but I love to fish. And then he, she tells him that in the song, she tells him that if he goes fishing, she's going to leave him. And then he goes, well, I'm going to miss her. <laughs> and then goes fishing. And that is a, if that's not a Midwest Missouri song, I don't mm-hmm. know what is, bro. That's good. You yeah, know I, I mean? feel like it's going to be a little bit of a culture shock going out there. Yeah. What do you... Uh, has but Jenna grew up in Missouri. Oh yeah, Jenna, I love I love visiting. I've only been out there for longest period two weeks at a time though. Yeah, yeah. And so and she grew up in a really small town in Missouri. Yeah, like, was it like Bowling Green, um, or it, something? Green? It was next to Green Green City, something like that. Something dude. like that. Something like that. Camdenton. No, that's where we're moving. That's where you're moving. Yes. But Lake of the Ozarks is beautiful. Have you yeah. been to Lake of the Ozarks? Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, that's, it's a, like, that's unbelievable. It's, we're going to be living in a vacation. That's where we're going to be living. <laughs> you're going to have a sick job. You're going to have a sick and job. A, and a house right next to the lake. Hopefully. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. What, so what's like the average home price down there? Um, You can get a house, like a two-bedroom house you can get for like 100000 Yeah. You can get a three-bedroom house for like 150000 Yeah. And we've seen like a four bedroom house that's like a hundred and ninety thousand. And so we're that's like, great, okay, dude. yeah, let's let's do that. That's great, dude. Because like anywhere here is bonkers, dude. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's bananas. Like the way the, so our next door neighbor is selling a house, and I heard I I can't know this for sure, but I heard it's like. Um, two bedrooms so one one story it's up on the top mm-hmm. one story two bedrooms like maybe a thousand eleven hundred square feet with a one car garage mm-hmm. it's like 290 grand really that's ridiculous bro jeez that's like insane that's insane right. why and would you do that yeah that's why we're moving <laughs> we're like we just could we just couldn't get ahead economically here 
yet. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, the goal for me is eventually become an administrator, yeah. vice principal, principal. That's what I want to do in the future. Yeah. Um, but currently right now we want to go down there. We want to get a house, build some equity and who knows what the future holds. Yeah. And then you can, but once you have that, yeah, a house can right. be a really good tool. Like a mortgage can be a really good tool. Right. To use. And so go down there. The goal is to get out of the student loan debt that we're in right now. And then yeah. I'm going to go back to school, hopefully cash flow it, become an administrator. And then, Oh, do you have to have a PhD to become a, an administrator? Not necessarily. It's like a certificate of administration. Oh, it's okay. kind of like a second okay. master's, but okay. it's, it basically just gives you extra classes to become an administrator. Okay. But, and so what, what's the, how, what's the process of becoming a, a school principal? So like, is that, do you have to like go up the hierarchy? You gotta, yeah, you gotta do much. all the things. A lot of different districts do different things. Like I know Davis County, they want like vice principals and all that to start off in an elementary school, then go to a junior high, then go to a high school Okay, before they really become a principal. Um, but it totally depends on where you're yeah. at. Yeah. Why would you do like, if you're going to be a principal of a high school, wouldn't mm-hmm. you want mostly high school experience? Yeah. It, they just want to, because in high school you have all these feeder schools going into the high school Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. understanding how they work and how students are set up to get into your high school is always good information to have. And know oh, okay. how the junior high sets up their classes for credit to get into the high school and all that type of stuff. And so you can, because there's a lot of like, when you're in the high school, is that, is that a lot of like what a principal does? Like he, like they, they set up classes and they set up, like they, they just make it like a seamless transition or like, what do they do? So I was I, always in the principal's office for disciplinary reasons. Yeah, I was in elementary school, but then I turned <laughs> a good boy in junior high, but I was it, terrible. <laughs> I was absolutely terrible. But a high school principal, he does a lot of stuff. Like he does, he is a banker. He is no kidding. a social worker. He is, well, I mean, he is a representative. He does a bunch of stuff. Like he's in charge of the budget of the whole school. Oh, wow. And he's in charge of disciplinary stuff when it comes to even like teachers and students. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and then he is representative of the school to the community. So he has to go to community councils and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And present the plans for what's going on at the specific school to the community. And then he gets feedback. Yeah. And then him and the vice principals have to take that feedback and apply it to school because pretty much the school is run by the community, whatever community they're in. Yeah. Okay. And that's why you see some schools already back in session and some schools are still not out with this COVID thing Yeah. because the community either wants it or doesn't want it. And so the school I'm at, we've been in, we've been in session all year. Yeah. But yeah, we've yeah, just yeah. had to wear masks and stuff like that. Right. Right. But with that, um, that's what I want to do eventually. I love the counseling side of it, but there's still going to be a lot of counseling aspects. Yeah. As a, as a principal, principal with principal. like, with your teachers included. Right. Right. That's crazy. So the high, so the principal's in charge of, of budgets and, uh, 
And I guess that's why some high schools are so different. Like some communities focus on certain things. Like we had a, a big technology school, like, like getting us ready. Basically they had like a lot of manufacturing classes mm-hmm. and like welding and stuff like that in right. my hometown, because that's what you did. Right. Most people didn't go to college. Most people went to the factories, went to welding. They did some kind of trade, which I think is fantastic. Like oh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I think trades are the way to go, especially with how Utah's going right now. If you have a trade of like anything to do with home, home renovation, anything like that, yeah, you're loaded. Like yeah, right you off got the bat, you got loaded. you got a job. At least you have a job, right? Yeah, so like electricians, plumbers, mm-hmm. concrete guys, you know. and yeah, plumber, plumbers especially. There was a guy, one of my na- old neighbors. He was a plumber, and it was just him and his own company. But he made well over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, because like. Through, he was one of the plumbers that stuck around through like the the downfall of two thousand eight. Oh yeah, and then as soon as the economy came back, he was like the only plumber left in that area, and so yeah. he just he always has work. So trades, <laughs> I always push kids say, hey, you should go to trade school. Yeah, you should do a trade school. <laughs> You're yeah. not doing so well academically. You should definitely go to trade school if you just want money. Yeah, that would be great, dude. Um, and uh, and it's a great way to um figure out what you want to do. Like I think a, a great path, and I was talking to a couple people about this. I think a great path is like go get a trade because it doesn't take that long. Right. And most of the time, you have to be an apprentice anyway. Right. You go through like maybe a, a six or a twelve week program to learn plumbing, mm-hmm. um, and then you go be an apprentice anyway. Right. And get hands on experience. Uh, but then you're like getting paid, and most of these most of these uh, you know places. Uh, will pay some or part of the part or all of the tuition. And then you can kind of just figure out what you want to do. Right. Like you don't have to like, you know, do I like like this? Yeah. There's so many more ways for kids to get into the workforce than just college. Like a lot of students, they go into college with a mindset of ready, fire, aim. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of ready, aim, fire. (laughs) And then they go into college and they're getting these student loans and they don't know what they want to do. And then they don't end up graduating and they don't have a job or a diploma and they have a ton of student loans (laughs) and it's ridiculous. And so I'm like, Hey, try to, I always even push kids towards community college. I'm like, Hey, go to Salt Lake community, get your associates there, have zero debt. Uh And And then once you know how to college, then you can go to a four-year degree if you want, or then you can go to the workforce. Or I always tell kids, hey, with a two-year degree, you can be so many things. And I pull up a list, and you can make this much money, this much money, this much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a lack of research on the parents and the students. Yeah, because they think they they just have to go to this college. You have to go to a college, you have to get a four-year, and nope, nope. And most kids don't want to do that. Like they don't like that. Right. Yeah. How many kids do you have come in your office? Like, I don't want to go to college. Oh, a ton. I'm like, so what do you want to do? They're like, um, they either want to work with their, in their dad's business or they want to. Dude, everybody's dad has a business. Right. Here, bro. For <laughs> sure. Work dude. with their dad's business or they want to, I actually had one kid last year who ended up dropping out, but he was doing drop shipping. Oh, and, that's great. And he was making money. <laughs> yeah, dude, you can make, and if you can do that right, that's it. There's loads of money in that. So he, he was doing that and I had never heard of it before that point. Oh really? He's drop shipping. I'm like, what do you, what is that? What yeah, is that? Yeah. And he explained to me the process and I'm like, 
way over my head, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. He ended up dropping out. Of high school? Of high school. To, to do drop shipping? And he's drop shipping. Good for him. And, uh, <laughs> okay. I think, and, I think that's great. I think he should have stayed, but I mean, drop right. shipping. But the thing is, go. there's so many more options for students to get a diploma. Well, like here, here's the thing with drop shipping. Uh, that specifically kind of caught my interest because first of all, like I've done it before mm-hmm. and it's very easy. It's just time consuming. That's right. probably why he dropped out of school. And he owned, th- he said he owned, did three different, three different drop shipping yeah. things. It's very easy. Like he did it on Facebook, he did it on Amazon, he did it on a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's very easy, dude. I'm like, all right. You just like, have you heard of Alibaba? Um, No. I have not. Oh, really? Okay. Not. So that's like the Chinese, that's like the Chinese version of Amazon. Oh, <laughs> um, but where Amazon is retail, Alibaba uh-huh. is wholesale. Oh, really? So it's the wholesale version. So like if you wanted to buy glow sticks, uh-huh. like, so first of all, glow sticks is my hustle. Like, uh, Gary V likes baseball cards and these people like Pokemon cards uh-huh. or whatever. I love glow sticks. Okay. Cause you can buy them for 15 cents on the dollar uh-huh. and you can sell them for a dollar. Okay. <laughs> and who, and if you go to the 4th of July parade, you know, mm-hmm. who, who wouldn't spend $5 to get eight glow sticks for their kid. Right. And I, and you have fun. I had made money <laughs> and let's roll. Yeah. Dude. So like, so like these kids go on Alibaba, they buy and they don't even buy them. Right. They'll just, they'll copy and paste the ad uh-huh. onto their landing page uh-huh. or to Facebook. And then when somebody buys it from Facebook, from me, I buy it from Alibaba and I directly ship it to their house and I don't hold any inventory and it just goes right there. Really? Dude, it's great, it, but it takes a lot of time. Right. It like, and if he's doing three, I mean, he probably shouldn't have dropped out, but it makes sense because it <laughs> right. takes time. Dude. He oh, should have yeah. got his homies to help. <laughs> right. I mean, there's so many different ways for kids to get diplomas too. I mean, like a, a GED and stuff like there's that. There's a 24, there's a 27 credit diploma, which is a normal high school. Okay. And then there's a 24 credit diploma, which is like the alternative high school. Okay. But no one asks, Hey, did you go to alternative high school? Right. Like, no, no one's, yeah, no one asks, cares. did you graduate from high school? And yeah. you say, yeah. Yeah. And, and if you, and if you work in like the car business with a bunch of degenerates, they didn't even ask <laughs> you to high school, man. Right. <laughs> they just asked if you can sell something. Right. And so <laughs> a lot of students are like, oh, I have to graduate this way. It's like, no, you don't. Like, you don't have to put yours up through all that. Yeah. You know, just get a 24 credit diploma. Dude, I was talking to my brother-in-law who was, they were, they were taking some crazy high school classes. Uh-huh. Like, um, what, is there something more than AP? There's concurrent enrollment, there's AP, and then there's IB, like IB, which is like, it's like AP, but AP gets you into a lot of different colleges throughout the United States, not just in your state. Okay. So concurrent enrollment is a specific college in your your state. Uh, AP is better for any college in the United States, and IB is like any college throughout the world. Oh, that's weird. They were, so they were taking like these ridiculously hard AP classes Uh or like maybe concurrent enrollment. They were just, I've, 
I took one concurrent enrollment class when I was in high school and it was like, um, or maybe two, one was like health ethics and the other one was like psychology uh-huh. and it was like not that big of a deal. Um, but these guys were taking like hard classes and I'm like, dude, the, and they're like stressing out, dude. Right. Like they're getting like, they're getting like anxiety and depression. And I use those words like intentionally because yeah. it really was affecting them. Yeah. Like it was terrible. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, bro, I've never, I was like, I have inter- interviewed and I've, I've interviewed people for and interviewed for positions in six figures in accounting, mm-hmm. in my accounting profession and in my sales profession. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I have never once asked somebody what their grade was in an AP class in high school. I didn't right. never did it. And when I was in, when I was going for my accounting degree, all they asked me was my GPA. And if it was above, I think it was like a 3.0 or something like that, you were fine. Right. But that, I was like, dude, you don't have to take those classes like right. unless you love it. Right. Yeah. Sure. Learn about it. I mean, some students, they thrive on that type of stuff. Like they, they need, yeah. they need that constant type of educational pressure, but just because okay. they're so smart. Okay. And which is fair. Like that's right. fine. And I mean, if a kid is in a class that's not to his academic level, he'll do just as poorly as a kid who's in a class way above his academic level. Oh. And so that's why they have a whole bunch of different levels of academics because if someone's bored, they're going to zone out. Yeah. If someone doesn't understand it, they're going to zone out. Yeah. And so it's, it's good for those types of students. I mean, I took in high school, I think I, I got into an AP language arts class and I was like, nope. And I yeah. got out like the first day <laughs> and then I took an honors pre-calc class and I stayed in there and that was the worst choice I ever made. I learned how to spin a book on my finger <laughs> And I use that way more <laughs> than calculus That's in my life. That's great, dude. That's and, great. Um, oh, my goodness. And I was, that, I was the kind of student where my mom would come home and she'd be like, David. And I'd run upstairs. What? Yeah. yeah. Why do you have 20 missing assignments in math? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it got so high. <laughs> and so then I would, have to, I would have to spend the next two weeks morning, lunch, and after school with that math teacher to get it all caught up. Oh, dude. And see, I liked it really well in math. I did. I, I, I loved it. I hated it. Hated it. Hated it. One of my favorite classes in high school was like applied physics. Mm-hmm. And I did. It was amazing. But I didn't, not because of like all the stuff involved, but because the teachers that I had in like math and physics and stuff were uh, like, they made you problem solve. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned the most. I don't remember anything about physics or math. Yeah. I remember how to solve a problem though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that. I, I had an English teacher and she was this independent black woman. And she was the best person. Yeah. And she really taught me how to analyze something and, find my voice in yeah. what I was reading and find the significance of it. Yeah. And I've never looked so deep into things in my whole life. <laughs> and I remember picking up on certain things that I never had before. Yeah. And I had to give an oral report in front of the class <laughs> and, and she's like, David, I'm glad you're getting the concept of looking deep into things, but you, you got to chill out a little bit. <laughs> and so that was one of the best English classes I had. And I think that's why I like the social work field too. Cause you look past like just the, just the main, Yeah, you look past the surface, right? Just the, and you're able to look deeper into what things mean. And yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. 
Yeah, I, it's 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 a fun time. I, I like I like that, but I think like as a do you ever get heat from parents' kids when you give kids like counseling advice like that? Like you don't have to go to a four year college; you should just go to Slick. Do you ever get heat from that? No, because I I say this is what. I suggest you do because this and this and this. And then I say, it's totally up to you. Okay. And I've never had a parent get like super upset, but I have gotten parents who have been upset. Yeah. Like students that I've had in the past where say they fail six classes, third quarter and they're a senior. Yeah. And then I let, (laughs) and they've been failing, they've been failing everything. Right. And I've sent deficiency notices home and things like that. And then I get a call from the parent and they're mad at me. They're like, <laughs> and when I, I really know they're mad at their kid, but they're just They've projecting gotta take their it out. anger yeah, on me. They got to take it out on somebody. Right. And I'm like, just, and they're all, so you're telling me my kid has to do this much in order to graduate. I'm just upset. And I'm like, well, just so you know, I've sent a deficiency notice home to you for the past two years when he was a junior. <laughs> so we could have got started on this, I don't know, two years ago. <laughs> And then I pull out all the paperwork of how many deficiency notices I put home to them. And I just take away all of their arguments right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So paperwork is huge. It yeah. saved my butt so many times of just evidence of like, nope, I did do this and I did tell you this on this date. Bam. Right. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And emails too. And then, and they have to, and then, so these kids got to do, I've, I've heard of this now. I've, they didn't have this in Iowa. But they do like packets, packets, packets here. Yep. What the f- is quarter, a packet? <laughs> quarter. So every every year has is split into quarters. Quarter one, two, three, and four. So if they fail a certain quarter, they have to do a packet in order to make up that quarter. Yeah, and that gets them a grade they need in order to graduate. And but there's so many options now. You can do a packet, like a physical packet. You can do something online, like yeah. Utah Online School is awesome. So like um, so like summer school. Right. I never had to go to summer school, but they don't necessarily have to do summer school anymore just because they can work on things throughout. They can do it whenever. So yeah. it's not just limited to you have to go to summer school. Yeah. They can do it throughout the year. Um, some students, if they're failing a couple classes, we can actually give them like a reduced schedule. Say they're taking six periods instead of eight. In the last oh. two periods, they're at home working on their packets okay. type thing. Yeah. But, and now we have credit recovery classes where they're in a, a class, they're getting credit for being in the class, but then that whole class period is dedicated to them making up credit. Yeah. And so they can earn up to like three credits in that one class. Oh, that's great. They earn 0.5 credits in that, and then they earn <clears throat> 2.5 in yeah. credits they were missing throughout the year. Yeah. So especially with COVID, because it threw a bunch of students off, like going back to school, not going to school, going back to school, not going to yeah, school, dude, miscommunication and, with the teachers. And then, well, I mean, obviously when, uh, when you haven't ever done like online school before, that's, it's really hard. Like, but that's how I learn. So right. I got my whole accounting degree specifically online, like never went into a class right? and I did fine. The best math class I ever had, I did it online. Yeah. And yeah, but if you don't know how to do that, like, especially with these kids, all they know is like sitting in a classroom. Right. That's tough. In high, I mean, that was in college too. That was when I was a little bit more driven to, to yeah. learn this stuff. Yeah. You'd have to be. But if I was in high school and I had to expect myself to teach myself oh, in high school. If this would I have happened to me in high school, I would have not graduated at all. Right. And there, I mean, I'm really impressed with yeah. a lot of, it was interesting too, because some students who weren't failing. Who, who were failing began to pass all their classes 
because they weren't expected to go to school. They could just do it from home. Oh, so there was a kind of a shift. There was a weird, yeah. Some people did really well and some people didn't. Right. And so, and the people who had a 4.0, they still did well, right? They, they, they're fine. And, but a lot of it comes down to parental support at home. Like if parents, how parents project a problem to be, that's what their kids will think the problem is. So if them being at home is the worst thing in the world, the kid is going to think it's the worst thing in the world. But if the parents are like, Hey, we're at home now, we're going to get stuff done. We're going to work together. Yeah. The kids are going to be like, all right. Yeah. So the parents lead everything that happens in the home and the mindset, especially. (laughs) So if there's a certain mindset in your home, like, like the mindset of this family is not lucky. Yeah. You know, that kid's going to blame every single problem on his family just not being lucky. But if a family says, Hey, <laughs> that was we a su- really specific uh, right. thing. Did that happen? To you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, have you heard that? Uh, so maybe much. to me. No, <laughs> no, it was, but they have a mindset of like, we have a lot of successful affluent families in our, sure. In our community where I, where I teach or not teach counsel, but, and they have, they just have this mindset of, Hey, we're a successful family and my kids are successful. Yeah. And when you have that mindset in your house, it's like, it's foreshadowed to that kid's future. Like the kid is going to succeed because their family is just a successful family, successful family. Yeah. And that's why it's such a shift when students don't come from a family that could be quote unquote successful, then it's harder for them to be, to, to motivate themselves to become something. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just super important for the parents to say, Hey, we are people that go after what we want and we are successful and we choose things to make us successful because that plays into the kids. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's a uh, super great advice. I think, um, a lot of people could use that because I've seen that just in like our house, you know, um, the more I tell my daughter, she's independent, the more fiery she gets dude, mm-hmm. feisty. And it's a beautiful thing. Like I use those words and I know the definitions of them, right. but I use them in, uh, for that reason. She's right. very feisty. She's fiery. She's, uh, but we, you know, but we've res- like, I have her recite a few things every morning before mm-hmm. we get our day started like for the most part like personal affirmations yeah 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 like like girl power yeah i'm an independent woman yeah i can do this like when we see a problem what do we do figure it out right like you just because you have to do that like no one cares yeah exactly (laughs) i mean i remember the best advice i got when i left high school was college doesn't care yeah they don't care if you fall they don't care if you fail they don't care if you succeed right like you have to be the one to care. Yeah. And that was the best advice I ever got Yeah, because I didn't go there expecting to have someone guide me through it. Yeah. Like I yeah. had to figure it out. Yeah. That, well, that was, uh, that was one of the reasons I love my accounting degree was because like, I remember a lot of the accounting stuff because uh, I still use that. But the biggest thing that I learned was like, if you had a question on an assignment, like we're online school, dude, you could, I mean, like if you emailed the teacher, Right. You would get a response in like two or three days. Four days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like if you, so if you had an assignment due the next day and you couldn't figure it, Mm -hmm. you know, and you were working on it that night, good luck, bro. Right. Better figure it out because you can't ask a teacher. You can't ask your peers. You know, you better hop on YouTube and figure it out. Right. Exactly. I loved Wolfgram Alpha. Wolfgram Alpha. Yeah. That's a good one for like math. Mm. So you can, so you can plug 
a math problem in in this. Mm -hmm. And it's not cheating because it shows you your work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So like uh, I would use it to show me the work like, oh, Mm -hmm. shoot, like how did I do this? Like how did they get this answer? And I would look at the work and okay. And then um, you could certainly use it for cheating, but I tried to use it to look at the work. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wolf Graham Alpha. Yeah, it's a great one. And it's an app on your phone. It's like a, there's a free version, but then you can get like a, like a dollar. Uh-huh. It's like a dollar um, or like $2 and you can get like the full thing where you can do whatever you want. Oh, that's it's a great little tutor right on your phone, dude. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the cool thing about today anyway, is that kids are, they're learning how to do things like how we or grownups, I guess yeah, you could yeah. say, the even older adults, the teachers that who are teaching them, yeah, it's completely different on how they're figuring things out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, when my teacher said uh, I would never have a calculator growing up, right? We have one every day, right? Like you're not always going to have a calculator. Psych, <laughs> did. And then in my and it changed the way that we were taught, even like in my accounting degree. So we um, like Excel is a big accounting tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were like, ah, we don't really need to learn all that. Like they taught us some of the fundamentals, like how it worked. But then they were like, but once that like two days was over, <laughs> they were like, now that you kind of know the basics of how it works, uh, we're going to spend the next two. They, like I took two classes on Excel. Yeah. That was it. Like college courses on how to use Excel mm-hmm. for accounting. Um, because they were like, now that you know the basics, you don't need to remember it because Excel will do it for you. And so we're going to learn how to do this and build like presets. Like I have presets. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to remember anything. I just plug the numbers in where they're supposed to go and I Excel spits it out. Dude, that's, that's fantastic. Nice. That's nice. I think that's how you should teach people. Like, yeah, it's right. like, okay, you're going to have a calculator. So let's just learn how to use a sick calculator. Right. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I, I remember... <laughs> Teacher telling me that too. My fourth grade teacher. <laughs> yeah. Like phones never, aren't going to be everything. You're, you're never, you're never going to have a calculator with you at all times. Like, yeah, I do. Lady. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, not only do I have a calculator, but when I go to the store, they have like a super calculator. Right. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to do change anymore, dude. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't need to know how to balance checkbook because my app on my phone does that for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, my my parents uh, still write it, write everything out, like on the table, on the yeah, yeah. or on the back of their checkbook. Like they'll uh-huh. fill one out, rip it out, and then flip the back open. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, my phone has Face ID. I just get into my, <laughs> I get into my balance <laughs> with my face. Right. <laughs> it's pretty funny, dude. That's great, man. Dude, what do you think the future of um, uh, like education is? Do you think it goes towards more online or? I am from what I'm saying it is because, oh, well, there's still, there's always going to be that social factor because there has to be, yeah, you got to figure something out. It's way more, education is so much more than just going to classes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, students during that time, they're in a specific phase of their life where they're finding who they are. Yeah. And the way they do that is by figuring out who they are in correlation to their peers. And that's why there's a lot of spikes in depression and everything because the worst thing you can do to a teenager is stick them at home with their family for months on end. That's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. I think that's the worst thing you can do for human beings in general. I mean, teenagers more, but I think like, dude, we're human. Like we have to have connections. Like you can't just like, even in your own family, like if, uh, if, and my wife and I have already talked about this, but like if, if you didn't have, if my wife didn't have her girlfriends and I didn't have my, my friends, you Mm -hmm. know, um, like that, that's not healthy. 
by right. itself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's super important for them to just be together Yeah, because the way they become citizens is how they learn to interact with their peers. And if they become a good citizen, it's because they learned how to properly interact with students at their school yeah, or, yeah. or their teachers or anything like that. And the goal is for them to be a citizen that contributes to society, whether it's that they're starting their own business or they're um, going to school and become a good employer or anything like that. Yeah, yeah That's yeah, the yeah. goal. And that's really what I feel the biggest lesson in school is, is not how to necessarily do physics but yeah, yeah. how you problem solve in order to figure out physics. Yeah. Or, yeah. That's or right. How yep. you, how you talk to a teacher, how you talk to an adult or how you ask for help when you need it. Yeah. Like negotiate. Right. Like, yeah. How to, yeah. That, and, that's what I would think when you're describing that that's negotiation. Right. And that's, like if you're a little kid, you uh-huh. can't go, Hey, give me my, you know what I mean? Right. Like, no, you have to learn how to talk to people. Right. And that's what I do all the time with students. I role play with them. If they're having trouble talking to a teacher, I say, okay, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be the teacher and I'm going to be you. And then I approach them in a way that's very thought out, very logical. And I'm not all high on emotions. Cause usually yeah. when students go to a teacher, they're like, well, I forgot this and I did yeah. this, but this happened this and this and this and this. And I go up to them and be like, Hey, Mr. So-and-so, um, I noticed that there was an assignment due last night and I did not do it. I apologize. I want to be able to learn that material. Is there any way that you could open that assignment for me? Maybe not give me full credit, but still give me the opportunity to do the assignment, learn it and get some sort of credit for it. Yeah. And then I always say, can you help me come up with a plan to be more successful in the future with turning in assignments? Yeah. And they're like, whoa, I haven't thought it. And then yeah, they, they yeah. automatically, students automatically think, that the conversation is going to go a certain way before it happens. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest flaws. That's why they're too scared to talk to teachers because it doesn't they matter what know, I say. Yeah, yeah. They already, they already assume the outcome and assuming the outcome is one of the worst things you can do in any situation, like sales. You can't just assume yeah. the person is going to say no yeah. or else you're never going to go for the sale. <laughs> and so yeah, it's, it's them learning to talk with the teacher, not assuming the outcome yeah. and advocating for their, yeah. for themselves. And now that's, that would be a sick class in high school. That is <laughs> the biggest thing I think students get from school. Cause that's what teaches them how to do life. Yeah. Yeah. And so for schools being closed down and students not being able to figure out who they are in relation to their peers or how to do that negotiation with the yeah. teachers, it, it really affects them in their development. Yeah. And so that's why I say all schools just should be open because yeah, you can do it safely. I think. Right. And everyone's wearing masks and stuff anyway there. I mean, there's occasional kid, but I was actually surprised how many students were actually really wearing their masks sufficiently, you know, Yeah. (laughs) especially when it opened, like when the school was first opened. Yeah. But, um, I'm excited for the masking to be over. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of like, well, when you're talking about, like interacting with other people, your body language has a lot to do with it, you know? Right. Um, that's why, that's why people get in trouble with texting sometimes or like emails. Like I thought you were yelling at me. Like, no, I wasn't. I like exclamation points. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, with, with nonverbal being, you know, 80% of the communication, you totally miss a whole form of understanding what's going on. If you're not there with them type thing. Yeah. 
but it's hard. Yeah. That's really hard. That would be a fun class. You should teach that class. I should teach that. You class. should teach like an, um, a how to talk to other people class because, uh, it sounds like a dumb class, but it's probably the most important class that you'll ever teach in your entire life. Right. Exactly. How to like, how to like negotiate with somebody. Right. And, and that, like be civil and get your way with people. That's the thing. And the best thing I tell students is leave blaming out of the situation. Yeah. Just, yeah. just state the facts. So instead yeah. of you closed it, you, I can't get, I can't get the assignment because you yeah, yeah. closed it. Say, Hey, I wasn't, I did not turn in this assignment because it closed yeah. and put it all on you. This yeah. happened because of me. And now that I'm recognized it, be, it happened because of me. Can we do something to right. fix it and for me to be successful? Right. And I'm going to try in the future to not let this happen again. Yeah. And if students were able to talk like that to teachers, like there'd be so much <laughs> less. But I've, there's students genuinely frightened to talk to teachers. Why? Just because they assume the outcome. Oh and yeah, you said that. Yeah. They assume the outcome. That's a really that's a really good way to put that. Yeah, they assume the outcome and they set themselves up for they set themselves up for failure because they they either don't go to class or like you can't go talk to a teacher that you've never seen before in your life. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. And I usually go with the student if that's the case and they miss a class, they miss another class and they're like, Oh, I'm too far behind. I still just can't go. Yeah. I walk with that student to the teacher and I talk to the teacher and the student together and be like, Hey, this is the situation. We're going to fix it by this and this and this. What do you guys think? Yeah. And just by getting that face to face contact, the student is way more comfortable. I like to do things called, um, Two by tens where I tell a teacher to talk to a student face to face for two minutes for 10 days. And usually if a teacher does that, then the student and the teacher, they break that wall every single day for 10 days where it could be about anything. It could be about an assignment and could be about how you're doing, but just make sure you have two minutes of face to face time every day with that student for 10 days. And after that 10 days, it's the wall's been broken so many times between the teacher and the student. It's much more easy for the student to talk to the teacher. Oh, that's teacher great, talk to the dude. student. Yeah, that's and great. And so just two by tens. I mean, you can do that with, you can do that with anyone. You can do that with, yeah, yeah. um, like a teacher and a student, or, um, you can do that with, say you're having issues with your, your own child. You can do that with a parent and a child, anything like that. And after just two minute conversations, like quality face to face time conversation, then it's way more easy for the the kid to come back to you or the student to come back to you. Yeah. And talk to you again after 10 days, especially. Well, yeah, because now they they know what the outcome is. Right. They've been conditioned for a different outcome. Right. And if you know. Yeah. And if you spend that much time with somebody like you can become friends and uh, it's a lot easier to talk to your friends than it is to somebody you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great. And when they realize, oh, my teacher isn't going to call me a loser every time I talk to him, (laughs) then. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He might not call you a loser. But he's certainly thinking it. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. That's great, dude. Well, that's that's fantastic. So for parents, um, what what do you tell parents like to read or to do to help improve a kid's like school experience or like life experience? Um, I 
when parents usually ask, hey, what can I do? My student's failing. (laughs) And uh, it's too late. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, you can drop out. Um, I I usually ask kind of what the what the what the home life when, when the student comes home, what happens, you know? Yeah. And they usually tell me a routine that has nothing to do with connection. Oh, and yeah. when, when a student and a parent are connected, there's a sort of, um, expectation that the student wants to live up to is just like a teacher. If a teacher and a student are connected, the student wants to live up to the expectation the teacher sets. Yeah, yeah. But if there's no type of connection in the home between the parent and the child, then there's no expectation. The child's not living up to anything. Yeah. And he's just going about his business and, you know, children aren't, you know, not all of them are driven yet. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. future thinking just doesn't exist in teenagers. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it scientifically does not exist in, in teenagers. Really? The futuristic thought, it really doesn't develop into like, 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 uh, you're saying like teenagers, um, you said scientifically teenagers can't think about the future. Futuristic thinking, like okay, oh, futuristic, okay, future. The, it's really here and now. Even though they can think, oh, in the future, I want to be this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The connection between their actions and future consequences is very, very dim, super dim. And <laughs> that makes a ton of sense. And bro. <laughs> and that's that's why when you're like, why'd you do this? And they say, I don't know. That really is the answer. Like, I don't know why I did this. Yeah. And yeah. what so were you when, thinking? When you have I that, when you have that connection with parents, that connection, it's almost like the kids don't have the eyes, but the parents do. Yeah. And when you put the two together, the parent has a futuristic thinking. The student doesn't have the futuristic thinking, but the student is the one doing the work. And so working together, having that connection between parent and student, it, it really guides the student towards success, success in school, success in social life. Yeah. Because a parent can see if the student does this, this will happen. Yeah. And when the parent sets that expectations and just having like connection building activities, like um, eating at the dinner table together is huge. Just because you, you have eye contact, you really, what you're doing when you eat dinner together, you practice manners you practice eye contact, you practice maintaining a conversation and you practice futuristic thinking for the next day. Yeah. You, and you practice reflecting on what happened that day. Yeah. And when you do that every night, the student starts to understand, oh yeah, that happened today. I probably could have done this better. I'll do that better tomorrow. And tomorrow I have to prepare for this. And yeah. as you have that conversation with like parents and all that type of thing yeah. with the student it's, it is, is a game changer. That's great. Holy cow, man. Um, that's a good point though, because it's, uh, it's important for people to have connections with their kids. And I like what you said about have like the parents have the eyes and the, and the kids have, are doing the work. Right. Um, so, so what you're saying is, is that when you have those connections and you have those conversations all the time, um, the kids, even though they, they might not have the futuristic thinking, they're going to be working to um, uh, live, up to the expectations. live up to the expectations of now. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, exactly. Okay. And as they live up to the expectations of now of their parents and they eventually get to where their parents are seeing them 
in the future. And and then that's not the parent might say, I want you to be a doctor. That doesn't always mean the kids. Gonna sure, be a doctor. sure, 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 but sure. But it puts them in a position but to it might be not, successful yeah. when they do get that futuristic. Yeah. Thinking. It might not be like, uh, I want you to be a doctor, but it might just be like, I don't want you to like <laughs> go <laughs> right. do drugs tonight or I'm something. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, one of yeah, the biggest things. Idea. And if the students are really into video games yeah. and plays video games every day, it might be beneficial for the parents to sit down and play video games with the kid. Like, Make Just that join, if you can't beat them, join them. Make that conversation happen <laughs> as you're playing video games. Have the student or your kid teach you what's going on, teach you the controls, and then the student feels like he's connecting with the parent. Yeah. And as you're playing video games, that's when it's kind of like the hair parlor situation. You go get your hair done, right? And yeah. you automatically start talking to your hairdresser. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You're playing video games and you're talking about, Hey, what happened at school today? Oh, this and this. And you just have this natural conversation in a natural environment. Yeah. But that's great, dude. Yeah. You know what? That's not a bad idea. I think that, I think that people should, and that's a good lesson for like just people in general. Like when, when you said that, I thought of like, don't, empathy, right? Just meet right. people where they are. Right. Like if, exactly. these, if all you can do is talk to this kid while he's playing video games, jump on the video game. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you got to start somewhere. Right. And once you have that rapport of playing video games and you're getting good at the controls, you know what's going on. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, after this, how about we go do this? The student is going to be more inclined to be like, all right, he put in the effort and time to yeah, be where I'm at. Yeah. I can do this for him. It's like a pace, pace lead thing. Right. Yeah. It's like, a, exactly. They like your emotional bank account. You can't withdraw anything if you haven't right. made a deposit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, parent, which is what we teach in sales. Right. I was going to say, remember that parenting and sales is there's literally no difference. <laughs> you're trying to get an, <laughs> in sales. You're trying to get the sale in yeah. parenting. You're trying to get an, a normal, you know, human like, being. Yeah. Like, like, and, and, uh, you're just trying to get your kid to, to be a productive human being. Right. You know what I mean? And, and whatever that looks like, it, it's different for everybody. Um, but just like, you know, be a, you know, we want you to be successful, whatever that looks like mm -hmm. for you. That's, that's great. And yeah, I learned so many things about nego. I, dude, I have to pull out all my negotiation when I talk with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Every single, like, I'm like negotiating. You'd think I'm negotiating for like a million dollars. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm begging and then I'm, <laughs> and I'm pacing and I'm leading and, you know, it's crazy, bro. Yeah. That's great. I mean, my daughter does the same thing. We're at the dinner table <laughs> and she, I don't know how she lives because she just doesn't eat. And for real. And we're like, okay, you have to eat three bites of your chicken and you have to eat two bites of your mashed potatoes and you can be done. And she was like, hmm. I'll eat two bites of chicken <laughs> and I'll eat one bite of mashed potatoes and I'll take a drink and then I'll be done. I'm like, nope, you have to do this, 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 and this. And she's like, mm. <laughs> that sounds exactly it, like my doctor. It's like 40 minutes of negotiating to eat the food. And then she finally eats it on her terms. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's crazy, bro. <laughs> it's it's crazy. That's great, dude. Well, thanks for being here, bro. No problem. We're gonna do it again. Hopefully before you go to Missouri, man. Yeah.